Five years ago, I started working a job as a waiter in a restaurant, and at the time, I thought that it was an interesting, very temporary way of making some money while I was working on a book, and probably within a couple months, maybe six months tops, I was going to quit the job, my book would be finished, and I would be making money off of that. Um, reality turned out to be quite a bit different than what I initially thought, and much more beautiful, and I'm very grateful for it. Um, basically, when I started that job, um, I, I I thought it would be really fun to work as a server because I had lived a life that was so kind of isolated from society, uh, coming up to this point in my life. I had spent most of my 20s living off the grid in cabins that I built in the woods with friends. So that was like a pretty, not, not always socially isolated experience because I did have people around for a good chunk of it, but it was pretty removed from the reality of being in a busy, fancy restaurant in a, in a city. Um, and then even when I left that uh, backwoods life, I moved into a city, but I lived basically like a monk or a hermit for several years. Uh, I was just focused on doing introspective work and occasionally grabbing a, a little bit of temporary work here and there um, if I needed to. And so when I got a job working as a server, it was a very novel thing. It was just so different from anything else I had done in my adult life because as someone who lived a pretty unusual life, pretty separate from mainstream society, I was going to all of a sudden jump in to this like extremely social, bustling river of humanity. Um, so I entered it very like excited to try something different. And I was excited at the novelty of making tips because that would be how I primarily made money waiting on tables. Um, and yeah, so when I started the job, I was, you know, excited. Um, but socially in the workplace, I was pretty like contained. I wanted to do a good job, show up on time, be very responsible and respectful to everyone I was serving and all my coworkers. But my coworkers, they were all kind of like friends with each other, or a lot of them were friends with each other. And most of them would stay after work and have a drink together, eat a meal together, chat, and sometimes hang out outside of work. And me, when I finished, I was gone. I was like quiet, contained to myself, kind of wanted to avoid conversations because I, it's not because I didn't like my coworkers. It was because I felt self-conscious and I felt very different from my coworkers. Because like I said, I came from a pretty different background. And if someone said, hey, Miles, what you been up to before you worked here? I was kind of embarrassed to talk about it. And it's not because I was ashamed of it. I just figured it was really weird and nobody would like understand and anything I said would kind of lead to like a ton of follow-up questions like wait a minute you lived in the woods what does that even mean for years you lived in the woods um 
yeah, so occasionally I would reveal these pieces of my past and it would lead to more questions and that would kind of lead to me pulling back and being more secretive and closed off. And again, it wasn't because I disliked my coworkers. It, it was just because I was more comfortable having a wall up. And that only changed after the lockdowns of 2020. I feel like I didn't really understand it at the time, but in retrospect, I think that when the world shut down, um, I was by myself during the lockdown and a relationship that I was in had ended right before that. And it was a very kind of like revelatory period. I started writing a book. So I kind of awakened some creative parts of myself and my workplace was closed for about a month and a half, two months. And when it reopened, I kind of felt like I had been through a near-death experience. And when people, sometimes if you've listened to interviews with people uh, who have near-death experiences, they sometimes come back to their life and they realize they can't live the way that they used to. They can't take things for granted the way that they used to. And that there's an urgency to love. There's an urgency to really caring about the people around you and taking down the facade and the self-consciousness and to not to be too melodramatic but it's kind of how I felt when I went back to work I was so grateful that the world was continuing again that we were getting to have a second chance at life in this modern society that it didn't just permanently like stop and the, the and um I took a mask down and I didn't really want to put it back on again. It's like I, I felt a love for my coworkers when I went back to work and I knew I didn't want to hide that anymore. I didn't want to be that closed off person who is afraid to talk about himself because he feels like he's so different from everybody else. Because I could also see that that wasn't true because me and my coworkers had now all gone through an intensely emotional experience together. We'd all just gone through something that was really weird and for some of us, extremely difficult for myself, because I'd already lived like in the forest alone and stuff. There was a part of me that was quite comfortable and even thrived in the isolation of lockdown. But for my coworkers, I could see how some of them had just been kicked in the gut, especially the ones who lived alone, who were away from family, all of which I was too. I was just used to that. And I think seeing that was part of this gradual process where my idea that I was really different and I was an other and I needed to just close myself off from everybody because I was so different. I just knew that wasn't true anymore. And over the past several years, it's just disintegrated further and further. And that's one of the best blessings I've ever received is <laughs> having my kind of youthful, foolish sense of separateness disintegrate because for the following years, I have been going to this workplace day after day, being around all these different kinds of people um, from different walks of life and different histories. And on the surface, it's like 
I, I used to believe this story where they were the normal people and I was an other. I was a weirdo. Even though on the surface, some people uh, watching this or if you're listening to this, you hear my voice, you, you might think, well, he seems really normal. Yeah, but on the inside, there's a different story. There's there's a novelist that lives inside of me, and <laughs> he can write a story about how wildly unusual I am. And that's just fuel for insecurity and shame and, uh, yeah, just feeling a lack of confidence to be natural and to express what's true to me. So after that... Uh, lockdown, it's like I had a second chance and it's like, okay, now it's round two. This means something different to me now. Now, instead of being an interesting place to make some money, this is actually a laboratory and I'm going to go here again and again and I'm going to notice my masks. I'm going to notice how I hide. I'm going to notice how I'm ashamed of myself and I'm going to go back and I'm going to try to do it different. And I'm going to notice how I can have a temper. I'm going to notice how I can get really upset about things that do not matter at all with some sober second thought. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to try to do it different. And so, yeah, the, the this low status kind of entry level job became charged with um, possibility and... Um, yeah, like, and, and I think one of the experiences that, um, was like a next step was during 2020, I wrote a book and I, at the end of that year, I published it and coworkers found, you know, I would mention it to coworkers and other coworkers would talk about it amongst themselves and some coworkers started reading it. And now all of a sudden I had put this thing into the world that was very vulnerable and a coworker would occasionally say something very innocent and curious they would say hey miles you wrote a book man that's awesome what's it about and i would freeze in shame because i was so embarrassed about this thing that was so personal and that in the bubble of my isolation, I was actually quite proud of, and I had put everything I had into as a writer. But out in the real world, I was quite terrified of owning and stepping into and embodying and embracing. And that was a beautiful thing because I got to go back to that workplace again and again and again and confront a different version of that question so many times that eventually this muscle in me that was like bound up in a tight knot started to get massaged open. And uh, what was paralysis around my writing and uh, the, the book that I had created slowly melted because I was going back into an environment that challenged that again and again. And I was like walking away from those experiences being like, oh man, I am so awkward when someone brings this up. I just freeze and I'm so embarrassed to talk about it. And it doesn't make any sense because I think it's actually beautiful and amazing. But there's this, this, this insecure, vulnerable thing in me that just goes nuts. Um, 
And yeah, this workplace has been like a phenomenal laboratory to explore these parts of myself. Just phenomenal. And I'll credit that for the people too, because the people I work with have been and continue to be like wonderful, beautiful people. And yeah, like it, I've gotten to a point now where um, yeah, I just feel incredibly blessed because there's a, a, a poet and songwriter named David Berman, and, and there's a beautiful line in one of his songs. He says, no one should have two lives. Now you know my middle names are wrong and right. And my interpretation of the first part of that, no one should have two lives, um, to me when I heard that, I thought, oh, that's so beautiful because when I've had a two separate lives, two separate identities, the one that I keep secret that feels like the real me and then the other one that I'm comfortable sharing with the world that is really kind of like a muted, uh, fake version of me, um, that's like a conflict. And that is, it's kind of, for me, it feels like a conflict that eats away at me. It's soul-destroying. And... I feel very blessed that uh, through some wonderfully fortunate um, series of events, I landed in a particular restaurant with good people where I could slowly open up myself over these last several years. And the two lives that I had have kind of like started to merge. And I guess it's probably innate in being a human that you have some parts of yourself that are just like not expressed. So I'm not saying that I'm a perfectly whole integrated person by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it's, ama it's an amazing feeling to have come from being frozen in paralysis when someone asks me what's what I'm about. <laughs> if I wrote a book, what's it about? Or my past, what happened? Like I was just so ashamed and insecure. And now I've been able to like open that up and that's just who I am. And I talk about it freely. And some of my coworkers are some of the first people who read a book when I publish it and they're really supportive and I love that and I'm comfortable talking about it. And um, yeah, just that division within myself is less. And uh, I'm, yeah, I just feel really lucky to have been in this, in that specific environment where I could experience that because I had gone and lived in the woods and been in like alternative land with alternative people. And there's something really powerful about, for me, given my history, it's been really powerful to come and be around what I thought were like the normal people and realize that that's not a thing. Nor normal people isn't a thing doesn't matter where you come from what you look like what you're doing um on the inside most people don't feel normal and the the facts of the human experience are that whatever body you're born into whatever class you're born into everybody you love is going to die and everybody has to come face to face with that and everybody has to experience the the disorienting trauma and tragedy and sometimes comedy of of this challenge of being a human um so 
I guess there are degrees of normalcy, but it's been a beautiful thing for me to to be repeatedly going into this environment where in the some past version of me thought, ah, you're around the normal people, you'll never connect with them and be like, no, you're wrong. They're souls just like you. They're humans just like you. The fundamental things that make them want to get out of bed in the morning are the same as you. They want to experience love. They want to experience purpose. They want to be accepted. You know, just the basics. Um, that's been maybe one of the most powerful things is this embodied experience of um, just actually feeling in my gut and seeing it and witnessing it and relearning um, a misconception that I had about me being different because I'm not. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, all of us are different. You know, everybody is a different person, but there are just like core things that I can relate to so many different types of people on. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I there's so many gifts and lessons that I've received from working this job, and um, yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to share that experience. I know that uh, I didn't five years ago. I came into that job not really appreciating how powerful and important it could be to uh, to just have such experience, and uh, yeah, it's certainly. Um, you know, there, there are people who are careers, you know, I'm using the term dead end in the title of this. And to be completely honest, it's not really clickbait because some people would see it as a dead end job. And, um, I don't think that that's a fair categorization because there are people who are career servers who are very good at it and make a good living. And it's absolutely an honorable thing that should not be looked down upon. Anyhow, that is all I wanted to share today, you guys. Just my personal experience. Um, if you find it interesting, if it brings up anything for you, leave a comment. Uh, if you enjoyed this, give it a thumbs up. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, go ahead and do that. And if you are interested in checking out my latest book, I've got a copy of it right here. It's called 10 Lessons in Love. It's a collection of autobiographical stories from my life about love and loss and finding personal power and relationships, all the juicy stuff. Uh, you will find links to that in the show notes. There are there's a paperback version. There's an audiobook version narrated by me. There's an ebook version. Yeah, if you're interested, check it out. And uh, thank you so much for joining me, everybody. Until next time, take care.